0: The past year has seen a 1,900% rise in anti-Asian hate crime in New York City alone, with 2,800 incidents reported across 47 states and Washington, D.C. This is a national crisis,
1: and we need your help to call it out, call it a crime, call it what it is, racism. Let's stand up
0: together against hate. Learn more at StopAAPIHate.org.
1: Hello, I'm Aldo Gandia, the president and founder of The Barroom Network. There are an estimated 22 million Asian American and Pacific Islanders living in the United States. Despite this amount, a recent study showed that 42% of all Americans were unable to name a famous Asian American. That speaks to the underrepresentation of Asian Americans in our media world. What is even more disturbing is the increase in hate crimes aimed toward the AAPI community. Add to that the rampant and hurtful stereotypes our fellow citizens still endure, and it is clear that our little media company here must do something to help. When Stephen Nagishi approached me with the idea of doing a sports and entertainment show hosted by Asian Americans, I jumped at the opportunity to add this important program to our catalog of over two dozen programs. Steven has enlisted the co-hosting and co-producing help of Ken Fang. The two of them will present to you faces and voices we rarely see and hear in the mainstream media. They call their show The Double A Team, and I'm proud to help present their debut episode right now.
0: Hi, everyone, and thank you, Aldo, for that great introduction. My name is Ken Fang. I'm an associate uh, editor at Awful Announcing, and I also had my own sports media blog, Fang's Bites, that was running since 2007. I've been a purveyor and also a chronicler of the sports media since that time, and I've been continuing to do so. And uh, as someone in the AAPI community, I am very proud to have this show and uh, on the Barroom Network. My co-host will be Steven Nagishi. Steven, I'm so glad to have you with us and just give us a quick introduction on who you are as well.
2: Thank you very much. And once again, Aldo with a phenomenal opening, highlighting the uh, AAPI racism that has plagued this country. My name is Stephen Nagishi. I have been a uh, a participant on uh, the Barroom Network, uh, particularly after the Bears game. I befriended uh, Aldo, Uh, since late last year, and as Aldo mentioned in the opening, I reached out to him about starting this show to highlight the uh, AAPI uh, personalities working in sports and entertainment. I'm uh, residing in the Detroit area uh, as of right now as an IT engineer, Uh, obviously not related to sports like uh, Ken is, but I'm very, very passionate about it. Uh, about Chicago sports, and uh, I'm very, very thankful for the Barroom Network for giving both of us this opportunity to highlight the AAPI racism as well as the
0: personalities in the industry that truly deserves their uh, a spotlight. And we'll be talking about a lot of issues that not only affect the AAPI community, but sports in general. Uh, our first segment will always have a back and forth, a little discussion about what's going on in sports, sports media, and we also have a guest in our second segment. And then Stephen and I will talk about whatever we feel like in the third segment. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the NFL. Uh, Stephen is based in Detroit, as he said. I am based in Rhode Island. Uh, the as like uh, as New Englanders like to think, the hotbed of sports. All in general, but as we all know, sports is loved by all over the uh, all over the country, and it's just not one area that is particularly a hotbed. So, Stephen, let's first start off our first segment tonight. Breaking as we are just taping this show is the fact that John Gruden is resigning as the head coach of the. Las Vegas Raiders it was so happened that has been a a leaked about some racial tropes that he had said while he was the commentator of the ESPN's Monday Night Football uh, many years back however they came to light just recently and some of the stuff that has come out is just very disturbing stuff he said about NFL Players Association uh, Executive Director Demora Smith Talking him in in, in, uh, really embarrassing terms, and also really embarrassing terms for Gruden, and also uh, having some uh, really embarrassing stuff of uh, talking uh, in sexist terms as well, and having a uh, email conversation with then Washington Football Team general manager Bruce Allen, who he had worked with in Tampa Bay. Stephen, this is just shocking news, but at the same time, stuff that really had to uh, uh, that has come out and has forced Bruton to resign. And to be honest with you, I don't think he's going to be working in the NFL anymore.
2: No, and uh, you're right. What a way to start the show. And uh, the information started to leak out from the Wall Street Journal probably around Friday, and then it carried over into the weekend, Um, you know, watching the Bears and and the the Las Vegas Raiders on television. Never did I thought that uh, uh, it it would lead to his resignation tonight. But, um, you know, 10 years ago or not, I think what happened uh, with Gruden is just that the, it's not about cancel culture. It's just a the, the matter of consequences, in my opinion. And um, and you're absolutely right. I think there is no way Gruden will be able to lead any team in the NFL or even appear on television like he did uh, back in the day. And. I used to enjoy him with uh, Mike Tirico on uh, Monday Night Football, and I think a lot of people enjoyed the uh, the candor and the inter- interaction that uh, back in the day. But uh, those days uh, seem like a distant memory.
0: Yeah, and if, what's interesting on Sunday night, um, both Mike Tirico and excuse my dog Samson, who is barking in the background, um, <laughs> but you also have um, Mike Tirico and uh, Tony Dungy speaking on NBC's football night in America during the delay of the Buffalo bills, Kansas city chiefs game. And unfortunately you had them uh, kind of defending Gruden at the time. And of course, uh, Tariqo had to talk about how Gruden uh, uh, was uh, someone who was his friend and still is his friend, but uh, talking in unglowing terms. And unfortunately that came out uh, as we now have seen a day later, quite embarrassing well, for both. of them. I'm not going to chalk
2: everything up to racism. I think we accept his apology, move forward and move on just like he did with his team.
0: Yeah, I, I think in being honest with the audience, I should weigh in a little bit here because I was with John at that time, seven years as my partner on Monday Night Football. I probably know John better than anybody in the league on a personal level. He said it right. He was ashamed by the comments in the email. The comments in the email are wrong. But my experience kind of parallels Tim Brown, who played for John Hall of Fame wide receiver. He said he never experienced or saw anything that would say John was racist in any way. That is exactly the experience I had those seven years of traveling three days together on the road every week. So the story will continue to play out. The league may.
2: Yes, it is. And uh, Mike himself has had a, you know, uh, a trouble on his own, you know, with the sexual harassment allegations and. Uh, You know, and I can see why he came out and in support of, you know, Gruden, a longtime partner on Monday Night Football, as I alluded uh, earlier, and had a fantastic chemistry, um, you know, between them. And I think there are a lot of people who enjoy watching both gentlemen, Gruden for his, uh, you know, analysis and Tirico for his uh, commentating. So it's unfortunate that uh, it had to come to an end. And uh, I'm sure Mike will... Probably feel a little bit uh, under the radar or under the gun tonight. Obviously, having been Gruden's uh, longtime friend and a partner, but
0: uh, you know, I don't know how much he can uh, actually defend Gruden on this one. No, you really can't, Stephen. And uh, we'll be talking more about that with our guest coming up tonight uh, in our second segment. But it's it's really shocking how this has, how this has happened and how it's come about really in the last few days how all this information has leaked and how it came about and how quickly it resulted in Gruden's resignation um, on Monday night. Uh, Our second uh, topic we want to speak about is uh, what happened last week in uh, the American League championship, uh, American League wildcard game, in which uh, Boston Red Sox announcer and also from ESPN Sean McDonough made a derogatory comment about the San Francisco Giants general manager.
3: ...by the Red Sox, 92 wins. Tell me who saw San Francisco's 107 wins coming. Maybe nobody outside
0: of Farhan Zaidi and
3: Gabe Kapler. And they just did an unbelievable job. And who knows? Maybe we can have a, a World Series reunion. Their GM's name is High Anxiety. <laughs> Here's the pitch to Kike. Fouled back our way. Farhan Zaidi. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Architect of a lot of great teams. And he's just been brilliant for them. Two teams. Um,
0: Stephen, it's... Uh, I, I, I hate to say this... Uh, I don't want to defend Sean McDonough because I'm very familiar with his work, grew up with his work here in, in the New England area. Um, but I, I don't think, has he, has. have you heard any apology from him in regards to what he said about the San Francisco Giants general manager?
2: Last time I checked, I don't think he has made uh, any apologies uh, regarding that. I, uh, help me, is uh, San Francisco um, uh, G- Giants GM, is that uh, Fareed Zayi? Yes. yes. Okay. I don't know what prompted uh, McDonough to even make that comment, to be quite honest, to be to begin with. And, you know, the ultimate irony is we brought we started with the uh, Gruden story. McDonough also worked with uh, Gruden, Gruden yes. after Chirico left to go to NBC for a few years. So I'm wondering, is, did the Gruden's uh, antics kind of uh, robbed on uh, McDonough? Uh, In the wrong way, or, you know, being from, you know, obviously with the Boston's um, dubious history when it comes to racism in the sports uh, media, you know, we can also go back to Christian Fourier, uh, former Patriots tight end, and now talk show host up in uh, Boston, making fun of uh, Tom Brady's agent, uh, Don E, who is a very prominent name in the Asian American uh, business community. A while ago. So there is a strong history when it comes to racism. Yeah. uh, By the uh, Boston sports media
0: people, unfortunately. I'm it's difficult for me because I like Sean. Uh, I have met Sean personally. I don't think that he meant to make the comment in a derogatory manner. I think he was trying to make a joke. It just came out very poorly. Um, I know he said about high anxiety and then he said his name, the, the general manager's name correctly after that. Um, I think San Francisco Giants fans are still in arms and would like uh, Sean to apologize for that. He has yet to do so. Uh, Sean is going to be calling the NHL uh, on been ES- on NHL's premiere uh, this week uh, in its first game. So he has not be- made any public statement in regards to that, but it would be nice to hear something, at least acknowledging the San Francisco Giants fans, because, you know, in this day and age, um, I know people are criticizing woke, Uh, and being a cancel culture, of course, as we talked about. But still, um, it would be nice for Sean to apologize for that or at least acknowledge what he said was wrong.
2: Absolutely. And uh, Jim Cott made a a similar, uh, you know, stupid statement. Yes. Um, I believe it was the Astros and the White Sox game.
0: Yeah. I don't know how much you've seen
4: of uh, Moncada, but everybody talks of this guy should be a star, an all-star.
3: That's what they look like. I about the rest of it. First time I saw him in a big league, I looked around
2: the dug out and I said, can we have one of those? <laughs> that, that's what they look like. Get a 40-acre field full of them. So, and then he immediately apologized, uh, I think, in the next inning or so. So, um, it's, a, it's, it's a black guy in the baseball, obviously. Um, you know, Ken and I, Ken, you and I had a very brief discussion leading up to this show about... The racism that uh, Shohei Ohtani had to endure this summer, starting with, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith's uh, comment about translator stuff that, you know, he can't be the face of uh, baseball.
0: I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he's saying in this country. And that's what I'm trying to say. You know, in other sports...
2: And then as somebody living in the detroit area i had to hear a uh, former major league pitcher and the uh, tigers legend jack morris uh, embarrasses himself on air making uh, very very uh, terrible asian accents about shohei ohtani's uh, at bat you know some people were defending him like a alma fat but it was a poor taste and you know he was suspended immediately and then Eventually was reinstated, but those are some, some of the stuff that, uh, you know, you and I, as well as the uh, AAPI have had to deal with for many, many decades, and, and not to mention whitewashing in the uh, Hollywood movies and televisions.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's something that we'll be discussing more about in the coming weeks with Stephen and I as we go along with the A team. And we're very happy to have this show in our premiere episode on the Barroom Network. Uh, Stephen, we have a guest upcoming, and uh, why don't you tell us who we, who we have coming up?
2: Sure. Uh, our f- very first uh, guest, we're very, very excited. Uh, he's actually uh, not stranger in the Chicago media. Uh, he is currently the uh, writer for Notre Dame Wired with the USA Today Network. Uh, he used to be a producer uh, with the 670 The Score. Uh, his name is uh, Michael Mikey Chen. And uh, thanks for joining us, Mikey, and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
4: I'm pretty excited about being your first guest. It's pretty neat.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Uh, For those of you, uh, uh, for those of us out there, um, please introduce uh, yourself and uh, explain to your uh, audience uh, your background.
4: Uh, sure. So, um, you know, I, uh, I went to Ohio state in undergrad and, um, you know, I got a, a degree in sports management, uh, to be honest with you, I probably should have done broadcasting back then, but, uh, you know, as a 18, 20 year old, 22 year old guy, you just, you just you're not, you're, your mind's not in the right place. Uh, it took me a couple of years to, uh, decided to go back to school, and, uh, you know, I always told myself, hey, look, if, uh, if you're going to go back to school, you're going to go back to school for something that you want to do, and uh, it broadcasting always just appealed to me, and, you know, I, I would listen to ESPN and 670 all the time on the radio, and uh, they continue to blast these uh, commercials about Illinois Media School, Illinois Media School, and so, you know, I, uh, I gave them a visit. Uh, I said, you know, it's it's time for me to, you know, kind of – make this choice. Uh, I, I, I did it a little bit later in life, uh, but I figured, you know, hey, if I was going to do something like this, I'm going to, you know, put my all to it and really, really kind of focus my career again and, and kind of redo everything, you know, kind of start with a, a fresh slate. And, uh, you know, the course was pretty simple. Uh, I wouldn't say simple, actually. I'd, I'd say it's nine months. It's kind of a crash course. Uh, but in that nine months, I learned so much. I uh, obviously I, I impressed some people. Um, you know, at uh, at one point in time, I uh, I made the top three of 670 of the scores uh, fantasy football challenge. Uh, I didn't win it uh, unfortunately, but uh, I impressed enough people uh, for them to actually uh, want me to come in for a job interview. I was employed by them before I finished school, so uh, you know my my media career kind of uh, you know all in the span of. About nine months, it went from zero to 100, uh, which was a a great jump off to uh, my career. Um, You know, I I, I grinded it out at at 670 for a couple of years, you know, working the overnight shifts. It's not, to be honest with you guys, it's not something that, you know, works out for everybody. Uh, I saw multiple guys come in before me, come in after me. They just couldn't handle it. You know, I, I put my mind to it. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to stay with it, uh, regardless of what it was. And, um, you know, I, I watched some guys and, you know, they were, you know, unfortunately they got, you know, some, you know, I wouldn't say promotions, but, you know, they were given more duties and I wanted that. And, uh, you know, ultimately uh, I kind of worked my way into a position where I could get a little bit more. Uh, I started to, uh, you know, do Bears highlights, which is uh, a very important role there at the station because, uh, as we all know, you know, in Chicago, the Bears run this city. Uh, whether they're good, whether they're bad, everyone loves the Bears. And, you know, I mean, look, what, what, what network are we on? You know, it's, uh, you know, this <laughs> is started by, you know, the, the network was started for the Bears. And um, so I, I just grinded and grinded and grinded and, uh, you know, ultimately, what I got to, uh, I got to a point where uh, you know the the head man in charge over there, Mitch Rosen. I uh, you know I continually told him, "Hey, look, like I don't think you're uh, utilizing my skill set in the proper way. Uh, i I can get out there and I could you know I I'd do more than just push a couple buttons." Uh, and ultimately, uh, he let me cover the Big Ten um, couple, uh, about three and a half years ago. Uh, went to Big Ten media day uh I don't think he was really expecting me to do anything. But I said, hey, look, if I'm going there, I'm representing six seventy, I'm gonna bring you content. And uh, you know, first go around at that. I had done, you know, semi professional football and some high school as well. But, you know, to be honest with you, that's it it's just not quite at that same level. And uh, you know, I, I went there and um, you know, I I I sent um I sent Cody the, the web editor, uh I sent him an article and, um, you know, I just, I I really just wanted feedback to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, it's a two day event. It's a Thursday and a Friday. I sent him the article on Saturday, Uh, Monday morning. I I got tagged on Twitter with, uh, you know, by six seventies count. And I was like, wait, what is this? I don't know what's going on. You know, Cody Westerlund posted my story and that was, you know, that was the break that I needed. Uh, You know, I, I had an opportunity to finally, you know, be a published writer, which was, you know, a big goal of mine. And, you know, ultimately, you get to that point, and, and then you just start to grow. And, you know, I, I was able to uh, write an article every week um, starting at the Big Ten. I got a chance to go to the Big Ten championship game out in Indianapolis. Uh, my alma mater was playing that game, uh, and they won. And and for me to kind of go back and, to, you know, be involved with with those guys again, and, and you know, go through the locker room and do some interviews, and and you know, be on the field when you know, all the confetti's blowing down and everything, and that's just you know, it's just something else. Um, and then a couple months later, uh, Nick Shepkowski, the managing editor out there at uh, Fighting Irish Wire, he, you know, he was a coworker of mine at Six Seventy, and he said, "Hey, man," he goes, "I got an opportunity for you. You, you want to write for us?" And I I said, "Yes." I, you know, I, I, opportunities like that to work for a place like the USA today don't come along very often. And, uh, you know, I, I took that opportunity, um, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, where I am right now. Uh, you know, the, 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 pandemic was difficult, um, on, on everybody, obviously, um, personally, uh, it was a little bit different because, um, you know, my, my girlfriend, uh, her family had this massive, uh, you know, issue with with her father that I won't get into but uh, it changed everything for us it really did we, we had to be you know extremely careful about what we were doing and you know unfortunately kind of due to some things that were happening over there at, at the station you know I had to leave uh, which was difficult for me because I worked so hard to get to that point you know and um, but in all honesty though uh, you know everything worked out and it worked out uh, in my eyes. I think it worked out great. Uh, you know, I could focus a little bit more on my writing. Uh, you know, I wasn't kind of uh, bumped onto their schedule. Um, you know, I, I got a job working at a TV station as well. Um, you know, not on air, but uh, working on it. We're, we're, I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get there eventually. Um, you know, just uh, kind of just again, another grind, you know, you get to a job and you just kind of grind and grind and grind. And that's what I'm doing right now. And, um, you know, I I also got a, you know, I got a position with um, Prep Red Zones as a football scout. So, uh, you know, kind of tying everything together with football. So, uh, you know, that's my story. I know I I took a lot of your time there, but uh, I I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) No,
2: no, no. It's a a fantastic story. Um, I also studied sports management after I graduated in Japan and, uh, you know, my goal was to get a job in the sports management as well. And it, it unfortunately didn't work out. And I took a road, long road, and then I ended up uh, in IT. And so, you know, it, it didn't work out the way I had hoped for. But, uh, you know, as long as I guess uh, I'm making a decent living with the people that I enjoy working with, uh, it all matters. But um, um, I guess uh, there were some layoffs uh, during this pandemic. Uh, all across the country, and I don't think um, sports media were no exceptions, unfortunately. And I know 670 probably went through that as well. Um, was this uh, one of the – were you one of the people who unfortunately were uh, let go around that time? No,
4: no, no. I um, I ultimately I, – I made a decision uh, for myself. Uh, you know, I, I – you know, they – They did let go. The the majority of people that they actually ended up letting go were full timers. I wasn't a full time person at that point in time. I was still a part timer. But um, in all honesty, it was just, you know, it was a decision that, you know, just made the most sense for myself. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. I said, I, I, you know, you you occasionally have to work an overnight shift here and there. And and that's rough on, on your body, on your mind and um you know i'm not a spring chicken anymore i'm i'm getting over there to uh you know you know getting a little bit older and you know i just physically mentally i just that was something that you know i said you know in my in my you know mid early 30s i could handle that uh in my late 30s that was just you know it's just you know mentally it's just physically it's just taxing and it just it wasn't you know it wasn't just meant to be there
0: I Mike, see. I know certainly how it is to uh, work an overnight shift, having been in radio and working a 13 month uh, uh, news shift, uh, overnights, and when nothing happens, it's it's tough on you. But uh, certainly know that grind. Uh, and you said you know you saw people getting promoted over you. How did you manage to keep going when you knew that things weren't going your way? How did you manage to keep going at that point?
4: Yeah, that was rough. Um, you know, I, I, it wasn't just once either. It was multiple times. And, um, you know, it's when you look at the demographic of who it was, they were white males Mm -hmm. and it was difficult for me, really difficult. Uh, because not only were they white males that were passing me, they were white males that had less experience than me. And that was difficult for me. It, It really was. Um, but I just, you know, Some things you can't control, and something like that was not in my control. And to this day, and I tell everybody that I come across, especially some of the young men that I have to deal with with uh, the high school football recruiting, I I tell them, look, there are some things in life that you can control. There are some things in life that you can't control. You focus on what you can control, and you do that to your best ability, and you're going to come out on top, and you will. And, you know, that's kind of my mindset when, you know, when I saw other people getting, you know, more opportunities than me and, and getting promoted over me. I said, look, hey, I, I can't do, that's something that it's it's not my choice. It's not in my control. You know, what is in my control that I, I can work hard and continue to work hard and, and get better at what I'm doing and work on my craft. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to see that, but, you know, when you have a mindset like I put myself into where it's just something that, you know, It's not I can't do anything about it. So what I can do is work harder and get better and continue to improve. So that's what I did.
0: I, I totally see that, uh, Mike, and in, in the way that you hustle and some of the stories that you've written. Um, but also too, I can relate to that because as someone who has been in your shoes and, and had heard and been, been promoted, uh, by seeing other people who are not as qualified as you and perhaps not have the same experience, you can get frustrated by that. And you can just uh, you can mm-hmm. do one of two things, as you mentioned, either work harder and uh, do the best you can and, and, and tr- look for the for, look for the b- another opportunity to work or you can just get bitter over it. And so that's one thing that I think you have great advice over to work over the things you can control over the stuff that you can't control.
4: Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. And you guys, you know, and all the all the listeners out there, you know that it's it's life. It really is. And you know, like throws your curveball when you're waiting for a fastball, and you got to adjust. And if you don't adjust, you're going to be sitting on the bench, dragging your bat back there, and kind of slumping your head and and looking down. But. You know, there's always, you know, I'm, I'm always a glass half full kind of guy. You know, I, I, I look at things and I'm like, yep, yeah, didn't work out for me there, but you know, another door is going to open for me at some point in time. And when that happens, you got to take full advantage of it. So, you know, just you know, positive attitude, man. That's all that's, you know, that it, being in this media industry, it, it's so difficult. It really is. And if you don't have a positive attitude, you're not going to get very far. So just Keep keep with it. Keep churning. Keep chugging, and, and you'll get there. You'll you'll eventually break the barrier, and, and you get to where
2: you want to go. Well, Mike, um, really appreciate the positiveness that you were uh, telling us. Um, you know, you know the story behind our show. Obviously, mm-hmm. trying to give people like you uh, a, a, the spotlight that you deserve, but also I highlight the uh, the AAPI racism that has plagued this country. Uh, you know, we, mm-hmm. we can't we can't ignore that, but you, you've said that the industry has a serious problem and that uh, obviously your story sort of underscores that uh, we AAPI people have to do uh, to be taken more seriously. Uh, did you ever thought about maybe the, the reason why you were being passed over by other, you know, candidates who were less qualified than you did that, did the racism kind of, uh, you know, came across uh, in your mind? Uh, yeah, uh, 100% it did,
4: uh, multiple times. Um, you know, it's 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 difficult because it, w- when you looked at it, it was literally, like I said before, it was white males that were passing me. And in a male, first of all, uh, male like, sports media, male driven right? Let's be real here. The, the majority of sports media figures are males. So the issues that AAPI, uh, minorities, uh, you know, Hispanics, African-Americans, uh, women, all of us, we are all kind of lumped into this, you know, area. Um, and it's difficult. It, it
2: really is.
4: And, um, you know, Again, it's something that, you know, it's not necessarily in, in my control, but it hurts though. I mean, you know, with anything, when you see someone that, you know, hasn't done what you've done and they're getting more opportunities for you and you see this common theme that it's not a person of color. It's not an AAPI, it's not an African-American, it's not Hispanic, it's not a black American. It, it really is difficult. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. And
1: mm-hmm. again, it,
4: it you know, there's some things you just can't do anything about. But you know, I just wish that in not just in sports media, but literally in everything that we do. That, you know, it's merit. If you're qualified, what doesn't matter what your last name is, what your skin color is. That, that doesn't matter. That shouldn't matter. If you're right. qualified for the position, if you've got the experience, if you've got the education, you should be a candidate for the job, not because of your skin color and what your last name is. And so, yes, it's it's difficult. I mean, you know, it, it'd be difficult for anybody to be in that situation and watch it. But, you know, as a minority um, and kind of being filled in a room with other non-minority people, you know, white men, it's difficult because, you know, you you work hard, you work hard, you work hard, and then you see, you know, white males continue to have that opportunity over you, and with with no real like reason upward mobility, right? So, yeah. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's just it was it's really difficult. It, it's it's something that you know it wasn't um, you know it weighed it weighed heavy for a little while, and you know. It, it, like I said, I, I, I all, I'm I always that, you know, the positive guy and, you know, for a little bit, you know, you're down in the dumps and you're angry and you're not happy about the situation. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, I don't have the say in that. That's not my decision. So, uh, you know, you just kind of you put your head down and you just work as hard as you can to show them that they made the wrong decision.
0: And we bring it around full circle, Mike, and the story that, we, that is breaking tonight as of this taping, uh, the story about John Gruden and the racism that, that he has uh, spewed uh, in the past. And of course, he tries to deny that he's a racist, but it just goes to show how far we really have to overcome, uh, as, especially when we see uh, comments like this, uh, comments from people who should know better, who are, in the, uh, who are A-listers, uh, in sports media and 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 yet they come out with ignorant statements and then they try to backtrack it's just it's just one of those things that really frustrates me and i 'm sure frustrates you as well
4: Oh, oh one hundred percent I know you guys you know um, you mentioned Tirico, uh last night i I caught that as well during that uh, that storm delay, and I was like, "How are you defending this uh and especially as a black american himself it 's like yes, come on here like that's just that kind of language, regardless of when it was, whatever, it should never be spoken. Um, you know the, the the comments that Stephen A. Uh, had about Shohei Watani You guys touched upon that as well. I, I used to watch his show all the time. I will not watch Stephen A. Smith on TV anymore. I will no. not listen to him on the radio. If I see him on Center or whatever, I'm changing the channel. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's not getting my time of day. He is yep. not. Right. Because those kind of those kind of statements, and he never apologized.
0: No, Not once. no, he he never,
4: never came out with an apology. You know what? He just kind of, oh, well, I'm ESPN's highest paid guy. What are they going to do? Not, they're going to fire me and then pay my salary. You know, you can, you have to have consequences of that. And I'd love to hear what Mita Kimes had to say about that. I mean, they're, they're co-workers. She yes. works for the, you know, she works for ESPN as well. She sure. is a up and coming massive female Asian media face. And I, and I don't. I, I didn't see anything, any comments from her about it. And I would have loved to have her and Stephen A. sit down and hash it out in front of everybody. Yes. Because that's something yeah, that totally. he didn't have to do. They, they, mm-hmm. they just kind of just. He said those things, and everyone pretended like he didn't. Which really was, you know, it's, it, it's just so difficult to, to watch. And you know, there's no accountability. It's. It, it
0: hurts. And it, I'm it's glad you
2: brought
0: up, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I just want to make one quick comment. I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, have the last word, Stephen. Uh, the fact is that, like, someone like Stage, St- Sage Steele, who talks about vaccination, criticizes the mouse, criticizes Mickey Mouse, and Disney gets taken off the air, but yet when you have someone like Stephen A. Smith, who makes $12 million a year for a, a, a high salary, say something about Asians, uh, and an Asian on a high profile Asian pitcher at that and still doesn't get disciplined. There's a hypocrisy over at ESPN and there's a hypocrisy. And it's, it's saying that, well, if you criticize other minorities, it's okay. But when you criticize the mouse, that's when you get disciplined. Yeah, that's a,
4: that's again, it's a difficult pill to swallow. That's how it should be. You know, um, it's, there's, it, apparently that there seems like it's, it's different rules for different people. Right. You know, we're not all playing in the same, you know, it's not all in the same plane, which again, it, it comes down to that. I do not understand. I've always been, you know, like I said before, I've always been a guy that's, I'm a merit guy. You, know, you earned it, you get it. Uh, and then that's, you know, that's not merit. That's, that's, you know, favoritism and, you know, we're just not playing in the you know, same field there.
2: Absolutely, and I'm and I'm glad you brought up Mikey. There was, this was something that was always somewhat been bothering me about Mina. You know, she's a rising star. There's no question about that. And if we're ever lucky enough, Ken and I would love to have her on the show uh, down the road. Although it seems like a long shot. But <laughs> but you know, we forgot about Pablo Torre, who's also a you know a Filipino American, and he's been very very vocal about. The uh, AAPI issues on the show and and his podcast uh, for for the, for the, for a long time, and uh, and like you pointed out, Mikey, Mina hasn't really been out and about on this issue, and I and I do remember catching around the horn uh, Twitter when Tony Reale, uh brought it to. I forgot when it was, when both Pablo and Mina were on the show and then Tony throw it to about the uh, AAPI racism. And that was like the first time I ever heard Mina talk about AAPI racism. And that was something that I was always bothered by. You know, um, I don't want to say lack of actions or compassion, but that was always been something that was kind of like, I've never heard Mina openly talk about this. Uh, did, did you get that sense mm-hmm. yourself, Mikey? Yeah, I, w- I would say so
4: as well. Um, you know, her in the position that she's at, I mean, you know, what other AAPI person is as high as she is, you know, at, at, at that level? Like, there's, to me, there's, she is the top. Right now, she's that person, and absolutely, I think she has an. Ob- I think she has a, an obligation to have a voice in that because of her stature along ESPN. And you know, it is unfortunate. I, I really would have. You know, I I'm still a fan of hers. So don't get me wrong. Um,
2: yeah, we're we're fans you know, of hers too.
4: Right, and, and and you know, I I just I, I would like to see some people, you know take up the mantle and take a little bit of responsibility. You know, if I was, you know, if that was me and if that was, if I was in that situation, you know, I, I, I would have spoken up. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I don't know if she's afraid because of job security, which could a hundred percent be the case. Um, you know, as, as we pointed out with Sage Steele, you know, like, I, I, you know, minorities don't get the benefit of the doubt, unfortunately. And so, you know, there's got to be some sort of reason why she hasn't spoken up. you know, as, as, as outspoken as she is on other issues uh, for this one, for her not to be outspoken is, is a, is a bit, you know, it's a bit odd to me
0: mm-hmm. and quite disappointing. Mike Chen of the USA Today Network and uh, former producer extraordinaire we thank you so much for being our very first guest on the double a team. We appreciate it. We're going to have you back. We, we have just brushed. We have just brushed the surface. We have just, (laughs) we have not even gotten into what we really want to get into, but Mike, I really appreciate you being our very first guest on the show of the double a team.
2: Mikey, thank you so much. And,
0: uh, you know, uh, we really wanted to kind of delve into, you
2: know, your work, uh, covering Notre Dame and, uh, you know, the state of uh, Notre Dame football, which is obviously a big thing in the Chicago with uh, so many alumni in the area. But uh, we definitely would love to have you come back on and talk more about the uh, the Notre Dame football and the uh, the current state and the direction uh, you know, under uh, Brian Kelly, uh, President Future.
4: Yeah, no problem, guys. Anytime. Just let me know. Um, I'll, I'll make some time for you guys.
0: Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much. And the double A team will continue after this. Thank you, Mikey.
3: The coaching, I both coached Griffin and Dylan in youth football, but that had just ended. It was Dylan's season had just ended, and when Griffin passed away, Um, and so then, as I said, my mom, she had um, prior to Griffin passing away, though uh, on it was a Mother's Day. Actually, the day after Mother's Day that very year, she found out she had stage four uterine cancer. And um, so she survived and just a lethal um, surgery where they removed a lot. Um, And so she somehow survived that only to eight months later pass away. Um, And so there was kind of a rough time there where for me, it felt like everybody was going. Nobody was coming.
2: Yeah.
3: And um, and so. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, that led me to a, a serious, serious bout of depression to the point where, um, in August of 2015, I actually shot myself and in the head underneath the chin and, um, with the intention of not being here. Uh, and so as I look back now, um, Everything I didn't have to live for, I now have to live for. And so um, it, it was just a period of time where it, uh, life was tough. And it was once you get down, what my experience is, once I got down that low, um, it didn't feel like it was ever going to end and, uh, unless I ended it.
0: We're back with the double-A team. Um, This is the premier edition, and we're very happy you're with us. Ken Fang, along with Stephen Nagishi, our next segment is going to talk a little bit about the NFL and a little bit about anything else we want to discuss. Uh, So many things happened over the weekend, Stephen. So many things happened with our teams, my Browns, your Bears, my Red Sox, uh, the White Sox. So many things happened. Let's uh, first off discuss a little bit about the NFL, some quick rapid-fire stuff. First of all, your reactions. Of course, we are the Barroom Network. We are mostly Bears-centric. So let's start off with your Bears.
2: Yeah, it was a, a terrific victory. It was kind of poetic that uh, it happened to be the last game uh, for John Gruden and, uh, you know, Khalil Mack's revenge game and everything uh, finally took place. Um, You know, I enjoyed the commitment to the run, uh, even without David Montgomery. Um, I thought Bill Laser did a hell of a job utilizing both Damian Williams and Leo Herbert. Another late round find by uh, embattled Ryan Pace. Um, Justin Fields looked a little shaky in the beginning. He took some unnecessary hits. Uh, We all caught our breath when he hyper extended his knee. I thought it was going to be much more serious but he came back uh, through his uh, first touchdown and uh, really came on strong to uh, uh, like late, late in the ball game converting some huge third downs to uh, move the, uh, the chain you know to clock. Uh, the defense as usual was awesome, really harassing David Carr and the entire Raiders throughout the game. they look quite off. be honest um i don't know if the uh, the comments were like a big cloud that was hanging over them but throughout the game um it, it didn't seem right for the uh las vegas raiders i'm sorry but uh it's a huge win at least uh the bears are above 500 and uh
0: this week's packers game has a significant meaning uh once again and uh i have to say that uh khalil mack had a little revenge on John Gruden uh, with the, the several the sack, the big sack of Derek Carr late in the game. So I would have to say that, uh, as you mentioned, the Bears sent out John Gruden in style and sent him out of the NFL. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's a little bit uh, – I'm sure Khalil Mack was, is, is smiling a little bit wider today uh, knowing that John Gruden is out of the NFL.
2: Oh, without a doubt. Uh, he got run out of town. Uh, the picks and the players that the Raiders have gotten – uh, since the, uh, the, that trade, the only one worth mentioning is uh, Brandon Jacobs, but pretty much everybody else is either gone mm-hmm. or not even making any contribution at all. So I think the, uh, with, uh, Gruden officially gone, uh, we can probably say the bears have won the deal, but it would be nice if, uh, Mac can win a, a uh, Bowl ring or two before he retires for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, As a person living in New England, I know it sounds strange that I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. One day, I will get into how I became a Cleveland Browns fan, living in the heart of New England. But that's not us. We don't have time for that. But let me talk a little bit about my Browns, um, who uh, had a barely uh, a track meet with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. Uh, They had a great chance to win the game. Uh, Had an opportunity. uh, Baker Mayfield was lights out doing very well uh, with uh, throwing to his targets, even though he didn't have, uh, uh, again, uh, he didn't have Landry. He also didn't have uh, a lot of his regular targets, Uh, but still, um, they had an opportunity to win. Kevin Stefanski's clock management was really baffling, especially when they gained 12 yards in a matter of a minute, uh, one minute when they had a minute and a half to go. To basically, win the game and get a winning touchdown. Uh, Stefanski says he's still thinking about that. He's got to really think long and hard before, he, and he doesn't want to become the less miles of the NFL and clock management, which uh, we all know about less miles in the LSU when his LSU days when he taught when he had really bad clock management. So, um, mm-hmm. but to be honest with you, uh, Steven, I don't know how much you saw the game, but I saw a lot of it on red zone NFL red zone as I was getting back from work yesterday. Uh, very frustrating as a Browns fan just to, to see that type of uh. Uh, play, especially when they had uh, practically 58 minutes of great football and and you lose it in two minutes.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you put up 42 points, normally that's a W. Yes. Whether you're at home or uh, on the road. And uh, I got to tell you, that's a, a huge statement when for the Chargers, um, you know, Justin Herbert is uh, emerging as a top five quarterback uh, in the future. Um, it's it's a it's a hell of a it's a hell of a game. I saw glimpses uh, here and there uh, on the uh, NFL uh, networks uh, highlights, and it was a very exciting shootout. wins that uh, you know a lot of us uh, Bears fans are clamoring for because uh, you know we're very still very much challenged offensively even with the uh, Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, you know, we just don't have the uh, same O-line and the uh, skills players to, uh, you know, go in a shootout. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult just yet. So, you know, we were very envious. You know, we saw firsthand how great the Browns are uh, a couple of weeks ago when yes. your, your Browns kicked the, uh, the Bears' ass really pretty badly on Justin Fields' uh, first start, which he looks completely... Unprepared and really, uh, the national media eviscerated uh, Matt Nagy uh, all over the the, the sports channel, uh, which he clearly deserved. But uh, after winning the last two games, uh, you know, we shall see. He's, you know, Nagy's not out of the woods yet, to be honest. Um, but uh, he and uh, the rest of the Bears need to continue to show significant offensive improvements if uh, Nagy is going to be back in 22 and beyond.
0: Also, another player in the Chargers uh, arsenal, Austin Eckler, um, one of the players who really does well and has really become a star in this league, uh, becoming both a threat both on the ground as he's a running back, but also in catching passes as well. I know fantasy owners like myself uh, are very happy to have Austin Eckler on their teams. But to be honest with you, Austin Eckler was a surprise, I think, to me uh, and a lot of other people because – uh, people are not thinking about that he would be uh, so productive at least so far in this young season. but Steven, I, I just really am impressed with him.
2: yeah he uh, he doesn't look like a the typical running back. you know he's not a bruising big two two ten two twenty types, you know the the battering ram types. Um, you know not Nick Chubb uh, you know the Browns you know you you're very familiar with seeing, but uh, he's definitely uh, you know uh, a very productive player um for them and uh without them without him i'm sorry uh, i don't think they're going to be as explosive and as productive or nowhere near where they are record-wise at four and one so as long as he's uh healthy you know he's had some injuries in the past but uh as long as the uh you know he his body holds up i think uh charges will continue to be dominant and uh, explosive especially with the uh the chiefs Uh, Looking like a very, very uh, mediocre team right now, including last night's uh, uh, debacle
0: on uh, Sunday Night Football. Right. And quickly on that, uh, the Buffalo Bills have made a big statement with their win uh, on Sunday night. The the, uh, rain-delayed and lightning-delayed game, which went uh, into uh, uh, here on the East Coast, 1230 in the morning very tough yeah. to stay up but I uh, I, but still a very big statement win for the Buffalo Bills uh, I have a feeling that uh, they are very much going to be a challenger for the Super Bowl this season and could possibly if they do uh, uh, stay injury free with that defense are going to be uh, challenges to possibly win their first Super Bowl that's I think that how good they are at this point Stephen
2: yeah you without a, that that was a statement when nobody wants to go up there in uh january no. uh, in, uh, in that cold and the wind so I think they're definitely a uh a f c contender right now um you know right now it seems like Baltimore right now is losing uh they haven't looked good at all uh a f c west is going to be a pretty much a dock fight pretty much till the end um Nobody's going to challenge Buffalo in the East. AFC South is uh, another mediocre division right now.
0: So Buffalo is definitely the class of AFC right now. Right. Quickly to baseball. The Boston Red Sox have advanced to the American League uh, Championship Series. They had help with a very strange call on Monday night with a ball in the 13th inning that went off of Hunter Renfro and into the Uh, into the uh, Boston bullpen. Uh, What basically happened, if you didn't see the game, uh, the Red Sox and Rays were tied uh, going into the 13th inning. It was a tension convention, as I like to say at Fenway park Uh, ball hit deep um, ball runner runners on first base looked like he was going to score rather easily, but the ball hit Renfro went off of him and then went into uh, the bullpen. Um, It was ruled a ground rule double. So instead of the runner allowing to score, he was given two bases. It was rule-to-ground rule double, strikeout for the next batter, and then the Red Sox won on uh, the home run uh, by Christian Vasquez, uh, home run uh, uh, the next inning. Uh, and also the Chicago White Sox had a very strange play as well. So uh, it's yeah. very interesting plays how, uh, that we saw in baseball on Monday that uh, led to a lot of controversy and a lot of talk about the rules. Absolutely. The
2: White Sox managed to uh, you know stay alive uh, in game three. They exploded uh, offensively and uh, they got the job done. And, uh, you know, today the game unfortunately got rained out uh, pretty early. Um, I know a lot of people on Twitter that I follow were complaining that they should have probably announced it a little bit earlier, you know, before people had actually gone into the uh, city or at least were on their way to the city. But uh, nonetheless, they're still down two to one. Tomorrow, if the weather holds up, it's a do or die still. For the White Sox, you know, um, a lot of questions are being made about uh, La Russa's uh, uh, rotation. Uh, Lance Lynn, the uh, the workforce in Game One, uh, were hit pretty hard. Unfortunately, his fastball were being targeted a lot. Uh, Ryan Tapero made some uh, uh, comments about the Astros being a cheater. Uh, mm-hmm. So the uh, this series, no matter how it ends. It will likely carry on to
0: uh, next year and
2: beyond. You know, with the uh, the history of the Astros.
0: One quick correction that we have to make: uh, Stephen A. Smith did apologize about his comments to Shohei Otani. Uh, he did uh, make uh, a a, a, a an apology on Twitter. As you see on the screen, Uh, he did make that a a apology. So we have to make that quick correction. We want to be as accurate as possible. One thing on the double a team is that we always want to be as accurate as we can. So we did make that apology out following his statements on show a Tony. I know we mentioned that he didn't apologize, but uh, he he did indeed do so. Well, we went, uh, Steven. I like to say that this very first show Went extremely well, and I'm very happy to have been part of it with you.
2: Likewise, Ken. Uh, this was uh, something that I wanted to do. Uh, I'm not trying to become a uh, the next uh, big uh, talk show host or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, in this day and age of uh, you know, internet, YouTube, and uh, social media. A lot of people can become, uh, have their own show and have their opinions. You know, you don't necessarily have to go mainstream to uh, be big nowadays. And uh, our goal is to always give AAPI uh, personalities, uh, their voices. You know, we made it happen and uh, we want to give AAPI personalities out there like uh, Mikey Chen tonight, uh, their, their stories. Uh, their background and the uh, state of the industry, and we will also want to bring on non-APi people. You know, the white people that uh, Mikey was referring to, who believe uh, in the equality and uh, uh, in, in, in injustices that the, the minorities uh, face in this country, and also those who want to see a greater increase in diversity, uh, not just in this in- industry, but also uh, within this country as well.
0: And of course, we invite your comments. We invite your uh, criticisms, negative. We also will read them. We'll also, uh, as long as they're constructive and also not in a really nasty way, but we also will read them and we will take everything into heart. This has been the AA team. My name is Ken Fang and that's Stephen Nagishi. Thank you very much for joining us on the premiere edition of the A team. We'll be back again soon. And uh, we'll have more voices from the AAPI community and sports media. And also, you're hearing Samson in the back. He also wants to be heard as well. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you soon.
2: Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you again next time,
0: folks.